and welcome to this episode of Get Real Gaming. It's the show where we get real talking about the latest video game news, reviews, and releases. I'm Richard, and with me <laughs> is my bio-modified, mental, brought-together monster creature known as Lawrence. <laughs> How are you doing today, Lawrence? I'm all right. Like... The, the view the listeners probably can't hear this because it's it'd be difficult to edit. But for me, <laughs> yeah, Richard sounds like he's on helium. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a bit of a weird. I've had a bit of a weird audio time today, and instead of spending the time to fix it, I'm just going to sound like I'm on helium to Lawrence for the entire episode. So there are some things that might just make him laugh uh, randomly for no reason whatsoever. But how are you doing today, Lawrence? <laughs> If I talk in a deeper voice, Lawrence, if I talk like this, does it sound more normal again? It, it does, actually, oh, well. weirdly enough. Hey, well, there we go. <laughs> I'm not changing it now. We're not going back. It's the way no, it no, is. No, 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 we're starting now. Right. How you doing, Lawrence? I'm all right. How about you? I'm all right. Um, <laughs> Biomutant is out now. Um, Did it, is it? Finally. Yes. We are in May, aren't we? Yeah. Then it's out, yeah. Then it's out, yeah. Whoopee. Um, it came out to a very poor reception, though. Yeah, what were people saying about it? It was the same old song dance, basically. Like they're, they're trying, too, trying too much, but it, it seemed too dull. Uh, right. So it was the same old song and dance as what? As like just... Right, as other, as other open world games. It's an open world game, right. Very good. Yeah. Oh, it's an open world action RPG. Man Eater also came out on the Switch. Uh, Man Eater? Yeah, I don't know. Seems like a silly shark the, game. The 80s song? Or... No, the, the... You know, like Sharknado, but sharks and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. That came out, so... Um, Saints Row the Third. When was the last time you played that? Oh, God. Since I was in uni five years ago. Yeah, well, that's now out on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Whoopee. So you can enjoy that. Um, you can tell we're scraping the barrel this week, can't you? This is just new releases. There ain't no oh. barrel scraping here. <laughs> it's not my fault the bottom of the barrel's got rubbish in it. We're still here to deliver the goods to the listeners at home, even though this week has been quite a trying time in video games. Some things haven't been too bad, though, in terms of news. We had the... Um, the Epic versus Apple lawsuit, the testimonies oh, ended yeah. this How'd week. That go? Well, the testimonies are over, and now the judge has to make a decision. And of course, we they the judges said that they want to have the decision made in within the next four weeks. Uh, but there are, you know, thousands of pages of documents to go through relating to the case. But mm-hmm. Epic and Apple have said the things. They've had the witnesses called to the stand. Steve Jobs testified, um, said all his Apple spiel, and, you know, we'll see what happens. It's obviously just going to be the opinion of one person. You know, the amalgamation of information is just going to... It's all down to just one person's final decision, which, of course, will get appealed. Um, So either way... Either the judge is going to come to some sort of conclusion over, you know, whether Epic is in the right here or Apple's in the right here, whether Apple does have a monopoly. That's going to be an interesting result. And then whether or not that monopoly abuses its power as a monopoly. Because you can, in law, you're allowed to have a monopoly of something that you've created and, you know, become the monopoly holder of. If you create a market... And and you hold the, you know, the overall share of it, then you know you obviously have a monopoly over it. But as long as it's not anti-competitive or like anti-trust, whatever it is they're doing, then you're fine normally. So this is a case where we're talking firstly about the monopoly side of things, and then from there we have to talk about whether Epic has has a case with the anti-competitiveness and antitrust uh, against Apple to see whether the judge wants to take action based on that. It's all Epic's doing in the first place, all of this, and a lot of the arguments that I've listened to um, 
from uh, Hogue Law on YouTube who's broken down a lot of the entire thing. So if you're interested in it, you should go check him out. Um, but really, he's saying that, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, like, Epic brought this to the table, obviously. They set up Apple, really. They, they made something happen. They did it themselves. And then when Apple responded, they took them to court immediately, basically. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that... Um, Epic are trying to swing it as if it's for the people, really. But we all know that it's going to benefit them in the billions. If, if let's say, uh, Apple are no longer allowed to charge 30% of a cut uh, for their in-app purchases or anything, or they're not allowed to only offer their own in-app purchases, and Epic are allowed another way to circumnavigate, sort of, the, uh, the payment system. Anyway, I don't understand enough uh obviously i'm not a lawyer or anything but i think it's just going to be interesting to find out now that we've heard from both sides of the story really mm-hmm. uh all the arguments um it'll just be interesting to see the way the apple falls yeah well well you see it's it's one of those things that's like maybe not super interesting to talk about if you aren't that interested in law or between the in apple or epic but in terms of video games it it will set a precedent because all of these walled gardens is the quote the walled garden i.e being like you know the apple the ios store the app store and whatever well you know the playstation and the xbox also have their own walled gardens you know steam is not particularly a walled garden but it does offer services like an ecosystem could do but these things more so like the Switch, the the Microsoft Store, the PlayStation Store, those are all walled gardens. They all take 30%. So whatever happens in court with Epic and Apple could also affect Microsoft and Sony. And even though the representatives from Microsoft, I think, and Sony maybe, they've been to this court to testify as witnesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's... It's a lot to take and digest, but I think that either way, the outcome will set a precedent in gaming and the future uh-huh. of like stores and and microtransactions and things like that. So it will be something that we do bring up and talk about again once we know more about what's happening. Yep. Yep. Okay, very good. Um, Lawrence? Now to wake up the rest of our audience. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> did you play any games this week, Lawrence? I did. You did? Aye. What did you play? Do you really have to ask? Final Fantasy Fourteen. I did. Magic. And FIFA. Magic the Gallery. Oh, and, and FIFA. Magic. And yeah, yesterday. Played, played Magic. Yesterday, we got together and we played some Star Wars Carcassonne. We did. Did you like Carcassonne? Yeah, it was alright. Yeah. And uh, Boss Monster. Yeah, yeah, Boss Monster was fun. Yeah, that was just the base game of Boss Monster as well, so... The expansions offer, like, new things into the game, like coins and, like, uh, items and stuff like that. So once we've played a few games of Boss Monster and kind of got our head around it a bit more, then we can delve into, like, the extra bits that make the game a little bit more exciting. Well, I'm very looking forward to that. Very good. What have you been playing? Uh, Just the same as you, really. I did play a bit of Dota as well, my on and off time. I jumped Mm -hmm. into Fortnite for maybe one game the new season just to look at it and thought okay it's still Fortnite. um and the rest of my time <laughs> not much to change still Fortnite confirmed yeah. and um that's been it really uh i've been winding down a little bit from uh all the crazy business i had the last couple of weeks but i'm getting back on the back on the shadow again as they would say so Ooh, he's back on shadow yeah but what news have you brought with us this week lawrence well, speaking of highly celebrated games, Sorry. No Man's Sky, you heard of it? What game did we talk about that was highly celebrated? I'll um, talk about one right now, it's called No Man's Sky. Right, okay. Uh, this week, apparently, you can get the Normandy from Mass Effect in No Man's Sky, in a crossover event. Oh, like a, like a free thing? What's Norm- yeah, like what? a free, a free, a free uh, actual scale of the Normandy. Which you can fly around and add to your your fleet. Oh, so it's a ship. Yeah, it's an actual ship that you can. That's fly. nice. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. nifty if you're a fan of Mass Effect. And and also uh, if you play in VR, it's kind of cool because you can. Yeah, and you hopefully do... it opens up more like 
uh, crossovers like Star Wars, Star Trek, and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yes, a lot of bite-sized news this week. We'll admit. Yeah, um, and and sadly, we're not in person this week either. We we aren't able to record it, but but we will try again next yeah, week. But we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We yeah. will figure it out. Yeah. Did you notice, by the way, when we uh, recorded mm. in person, that it was mm. much better? Yes, it was. It was much more fun to. Why did it I was. just say much more fun? It was much funner. more fun. It was very fun. And yes, it was very fun. Very fun. And sounds better because yes. then there's less. There's less pauses. Slight micro pauses in between. Yeah. What we're saying. Yeah. So, God, I, I, from oh my God, award-winning game design. I already hate. I already hate the delay. We're, we're just hate, yeah. we're just talking over <laughs> each other. We're just so, sorry. So, uh, so, oh my God! What a disaster! We'll get there. Don't worry, guys. We'll get there. The news. This is, is painful, but we'll get there. It's painful for us. It's not for you. Yeah. Right. What was I saying? Oh yes. From award-winning game design to petitions against game design. What? Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah. You heard of it? Yes, I have heard of I have, I have heard of Overwatch 2. Well, apparently, they have changed their system in the sequel. Uh, going from a 6v6 to a 5v5. Okay. Meaning you only have one tank. So in Overwatch 1, you could have six players. Yes, it was two tanks, two damage, two support. Now it's only one tank, two damage, and two support. And this has caused backlash. It's kind of like a, a bit like more of a MOBA style decision. Yeah. Uh, or, or MMO style, if anything, um, thinking on it. But yeah, it's um, apparently that they're making tanks more fun to play, either by uh, making or releasing new tank champions at a faster pace, or redesigning existing ones uh, with a much better way to get more players to think uh, to play tank. Whilst also challenging the meta game, that's according to Peter Levy, who is a petitioner, who's offering the solution instead of changing it from six v six to five v five. So once more, Overwatch is is not doing well, right? But is that really a shock? Do you think that their decision is because not enough people are playing tanks? I think the decision is because it works in Call of Duty. In Call of Duty. Yes, because they uh, they said this in their earnings call. Activision is or like they are basically taking the Call of Duty model and applying it to everything. Okay, to yeah. all the the franchises. So it's yeah, right. It's, it's not good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but when you said to me to supports to uh, what is it? Two supports to two damage. Two support. Two damage. One tank. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a MOBA setup to me. Mm-hmm. It, it also sounds like a, a dungeon running setup as well. In dungeons, though, you normally have like t- like two healers, one damage, one tank, right? You normally just have... No, 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 you usually have one healer. Well, technically, you'd have... It depends on how big the dungeon is. If it's a four-player dungeon, it's tank, two damage, one healer. If it's a larger dungeon, it's tank, two damage, two healers. Or if it's like a, uh, a raid, it's two, two tanks, two... No, four damage and two healers. Yeah. So in the bigger ones, yeah. But the um yeah, it, the the MOBA style would normally be like one would be like a tank, two one or two supports, I suppose. Um and then yeah. two damage. Um Right. So it, I mean, do you think this is gonna come with new game modes and new are they going to change the design of the, the I, game in general? I honestly don't have any hope. Yeah. For Overwatch know. at all. I'd be interested to see what they've done to change and rebalance based on this idea. Because mm-hmm. obviously obviously, there's a reason and they've got the numbers behind it. Maybe it's something to do with um, just knowing like flow of games, changing the flow of how the game is played and their objective games are played. And just and obviously it's going to take loads of rebalancing anyway. So yeah. everything will... I mean, saying that, this is the same people and the same company which charged... 25 quid for a character copy over to a server. Yeah, there is that, sadly. Oh, not much hope. <laughs> yeah. Speaking uh, of... Uh, I, I, <laughs> oh, go on. No, go on. no, no. Oh, it's okay. Um, well, speaking of compositions. Yeah. Lots of Glass in Destiny. Have you heard of it? I've heard of. Heard of. 
Well, apparently it's it's uh, it's back in Destiny, or it's part of Destiny now. Right. Again. Right. Um, and players are very happy with it. Apparently it's a huge win for Bungie and Destiny 2 players. Really? Especially after the glamour, not glamour, the transmog scenario, which just completely divided the community and it was terrible. Yeah, I think Destiny 2 divided the community pretty well, just in general. Um, so at this True. point... Any any success for Destiny players is a win. Um, even at free to play level, I still can't get myself to 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 play Destiny again after spending a lot of money and many many hours many hours of time on the original Destiny and Destiny Two. You know, I just I, I still can't. I just don't think they've got it anymore. I think the spark's gone. <laughs> well. Pardon the pun there, but yeah. I believe the sparks <laughs> the sparks died out in Destiny. You could say it's a war of the sparks. Speaking of Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're having a good day today. How's the high voice doing, by the way, Lawrence? It's fantabulous. Oh, good, very good. Uh, what if I what if I go a bit high as well? <laughs> yeah, it's like talking with a leprechaun. So, Pokemon, you know that they announced. Uh, brilliant diamond and shining pearl, and they also announced mm. the Breath of the Wild ripoff looking Pokemon Legends Arceus game. Yes, but they now have release dates, Lawrence. Well, well, that's funny because I'm looking at the exact same article. That's good. Oh. They're coming out on November 19th. That's brilliant diamond and shining pearl, and then. Uh, Legends, Ar- Pokemon Legends Arceus will be joining us on January 28th, 2022. So not this year, but next year. We're not going to see it until uh, next year. Which is okay by my book, because it didn't really look that good. Uh, kinda, I think it was still obviously, it was still early. But to me, that it just really looked like they were trying too hard to make a game that looked like Breath of the Wild and didn't do as good a job, just kind of on on face value uh so hopefully they continue working and maybe we get to see more Mm -hmm. of it hopefully the more that we see the more we'll be convinced Mm -hmm. what else from one dying franchise to the other pokemon's not a dying franchise (laughs) (laughs) oh my god have you seen target these days No, I don't live in America. No, but they're all over the news. People, they've, they've had to stop, well, I think they've stopped selling Pokemon cards on the shelf because they can't handle people lining up in the morning to get in the store to to buy the cards. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty unreal, the situation. That's madness. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, dying franchises. Yes. PUBG. Oh, that is a dying franchise. Yeah, that is a dying franchise. Do you know anyone that plays PUBG? Hold on a minute. We're first assuming that, that PUBG is a franchise. It can't, it's not a franchise, <laughs> is it? It's, it's on not. mobile, so technically it's a franchise. It's got a name, so the name is technically a franchise. Yeah, but what's the, what's the specifics of needing to be we're a not, franchise? Not, this is not the podcast to go into definitions on what a franchise is or is well, not. Well, I'm not going to that's deliver get, false information. Let's get real spelling. I am not... Uh, I am not having our listeners get false information. A franchise is an authorization granted by a government (laughs) or company to an individual or group enabling them to carry out specific commercial activities. For example, acting as an agent for a company's products. That is not a franchise, PUBG. That's not, that's not the name. That's not a franchise. Franchise is a series of things. No, that's what you think a franchise is. No, that's what a franchise is. No. Google's lying to you. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Your definition of a franchise <laughs> has been tainted this whole time. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. Don't yeah. let Google sway you. It's, uh, here's another one. It's a conspiracy theory. A franchise is a method of distributing products or services involving a franchiser who establishes the brand's trademark or trade name and business system and a franchisee who pays a royalty and often an initial fee for the right to do business under the franchise's name and system. Well, they do. PUBG Corporation. No, 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 no. They're different Are part of the subsidiary of PUBG Mad Glory, LLC. Yeah, but it's not a franchise. It is to me. It is in my heart. Okay. Well, in Lawrence's heart, a dying franchise known as PUBG, to us, just regular PUBG. Yes, Lawrence. Yeah. 
I thought we had news about it. What's the news? We did. Uh, they're remastering Miramar and introducing two new maps, apparently. What's Miramar? A map. Oh, so we're getting a, we're getting a remastered map. Yeah, apparently you get you get in you get in maps. Very good. I mean, I, st- I have PUBG. Do you have PUBG? I have PUBG, but it's still a buggy mess. Yeah, even today. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's new not, map. It's not that good. New map. Play Warzone. Now that you know, now that now that you look back at it, like um, it, it used to feel quite quick, but now it it's quite slow. I th- I would say as a game, yeah, it took forever. Like, it's just very, like, the gameplay itself, the looting and walking and running around is very slow animation and very slow to do compared to something like Call of Duty now with slides and vehicles. Well, there are vehicles in PUBG, right? But Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. They, they were the first ones to have the vehicles in. Oh, well, not quick enough, eh? are they? <laughs> eh? yeah, speed not up, quick enough, then, speed up your vehicles. Ooh. This whole time, in the back of my head, I'm just thinking about how I sound like a chipmunk to you. Um, <laughs> today, anyway. It's great, honestly. The University of Iceland. <laughs> Have you heard of it? <laughs> Sorry, it just sounded like we, we were sponsored by the University of Iceland. <laughs> today, the University of Iceland is bringing to you. Um, they, The University of Iceland is starting a course on EVE as a friendship machine. Eve Online developer, uh, CCP Games. Did I... A friendship machine? Yes. A friendship machine? Yeah. Eve. What do you, what do you think? Have you seen the battles in Eve? <laughs> I, I haven't actually watched Eve or any Eve for a long time. <laughs> Speaking of dead franchises, Eve, everybody. <laughs> no, Eve, is not, Eve is not oh, a dead no, franchise. No, 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 no. Oh it's God. not even a franchise if we're being technical about it, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... EVE Online developer CCP Games has announced a new online course created on alongside the University of Iceland that is built around the long-running space MMOG. And what? MMOG? Yeah, I guess oh, it's, not, it's not an RPG game, is it? It's not an RPG. It's just an MMO. It's just a game. It's just weird to see it worded like that. Um, and, a, and the relationships... Wait, hold on. Now I have to restart this sentence because now it doesn't make sense. Jeez. Um, yeah, so CCP Games announced a new online course with the University of Iceland that is built around the long-running space MMOG and the relationships people form around through it. CCP has been banging this particular drum for a long time, but the pandemic saw the company lean even further into this concept and talk about the game as a franchise machine... Uh, a friendship uh, no, 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 it's a franchise machine. No. It is a franchise. No. I do it. I do it. It's I a franchise. Ruined. Uh, as a friendship machine. <laughs> this, this episode is going well as it is. Forming a new well, type a of human connection. So CCP Games are claiming that EVE Online forms a new type of human can, can a new type of human connection. The course is about looking at a science behind how people forge meaningful relationships and applying this to the new type of connection that video games make possible. The first three weeks are free, while those who want to go all in can register for the full course for $50. Brilliantly, if you do this, you will get a shareable certificate. You get an actual real-life certificate. You get a certificate on being on the EVE Online. That's great. Doing a friendship machine course. Um, <laughs> I mean, Where do you get your degree? If it, University of Iceland? What, what were your degree in? Friendship. Yes. <laughs> if it was a franchise machine course for $50, that would be a steal for any business owner looking <laughs> to start a franchise. That would be a fantastic way in. Uh, but it's for friendships. So if you don't have any friends, friendship. then maybe take a look at EVE Online. <laughs> And the new, uh, the new course. Have you got any more news? <laughs> I, I have got news. Thanks. Jesus H Christ, we are scraping <laughs> about the barrel here, aren't we? We're bringing the we're bringing the goods to the listeners this week. Goods, more yeah. the memes. Yes. So uh, apparently, Final Fantasy is bringing out a new game. There's a new Final with Fantasy. Team Ninja. 
Oh, Team Ninja. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Team Ninja known for such hits as... Ninja Gaiden and Neo. Right. So... Uh, apparently, it's going to be a very Souls-esque game. Or more like Jedi Fallen Order. They also did Dead or Alive. I've just, just seen They it. did do Dead or Alive, yes. Right. So they're going to be making a new... Let's just, let's just hope that Tifa isn't in this game. So... Or maybe we should hope that Tifa's in this game. I don't know. Uh, so it's going to be a Souls-like, is it? Yeah, it's going to be more uh, like Jedi Fallen Order. That kind of style. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, you see, now I know what you mean by that because I've actually played a bit of the game. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's British as well, Team Ninja. According British to studio. thegamer.com, Team Ninja has approximately 200 staff members. Oh, no, it is, it is in Japan. And they are all true think, ninja. What? In England, then? They are all true ninja. Sorry, hold on. Hold on now. I, I, have to de- I have to delve a bit deeper into this. Team Ninja is a 200 staff... St- Staff strong, and they are all true ninja, according to Neo director Fumihiko Yasuda. Um, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find Fantastic. out what, that, what the information here is. Uh, so maybe he's just having a joke. I thought for a moment we were going to get some top secret information about the team ninja all having some sort of ninja certificate. Ninja certificate. Who went to the University of Iceland to get a ninja certificate? Yeah. But we could have a we could have a games company called Team Friendship, and, Team Friendship. and then we could say we have a two approximately two hundred staff powers. members, and they are all true friendships. So that's going to be interesting, anyway. The um, the game itself, because because I love a good Souls like game, even though I don't I don't play many of them. Well, I've been able to play many of them, but I just haven't played any of them. It sounds good. It sounds yeah, like it's going to be a good they're, game. They're quite difficult, in my opinion, but that's just me. I mean, they're supposed to be difficult. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's not just you; it's everybody. That's the entire point oh. of the game. My cat is clambering along my keyboard. It's, We're not having a good time it's another, here. It's another one of those. Well, Metro. Metro Exodus. Do you like being on trains? Uh, no, I actually don't like being no. on trains. I mean, I'll take a train really? if I have to, but as soon as I was able to get a car, I vowed never to, to get on a bus ever again if I didn't have to. Really? Yeah, I thought if I could drive everywhere, I was like, I'm never going to get a bus again. Well, I didn't say a bus, I said train, didn't Yeah, but, but it's, you know... Public transport, I suppose. Then, if it don't have uh, to go which on, just public transport. Then, well, okay. Well, but then, but then you'll say, "Oh, but what about planes?" And I'll say, "Well, okay, I'll get on planes, won't I?" Because I've got to get on a plane every now and then. Well, do you though? Well, what if you make a car with water wings? That's called a boat, Lawrence. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I get on those. Anyway, too. we're getting off track. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes, off track. Metro, off, off train Metro track. Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> Metro Exodus. What happened to this show? <laughs> Last week was great. Uh, we could sit down let, together. Let me, let me get through this. We could talk in person. And now look at us. We're split apart and it's already a nightmare. <laughs> I can't be away from you for too long, Lawrence. Okay, tell us about <laughs> tell us about Metro Metro Pissing Exodus. Yeah, now has PC support for the PlayStation Five DualSense controller, haptic feedback, and adaptive triggers. Ooh, this oh. this is something. If you go back to like the very first episode of this podcast, I think we spoke about this where we said how cool it would be if we were able to use the DualShock uh, 5 on PC. Because that would that would make people who own a PC and not a PlayStation still spend money on PlayStation accessories, which Sony can only be more than happy to have. Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. You're not buying a PS5, okay. But if you're going to buy a controller anyway, we'll, have you, we'll quite happily let you buy a controller. And it's good brand recognition because, you know, once you've got a controller in your house... You're thinking, oh, yeah, I have a PS5 controller. So if I bought a PS5, I'd have more than one controller. This is very good news, Lawrence. It is very good news. It also kind of confirms who makes the decision on haptic feedbacks and that it is down to the developer. Ooh. But do so. they have to get anything from Sony in particular? Do they have to go for, like, do they have to ask for it? Like, the SDK? Well, well, they... 
Well, I don't know. Maybe it's built into the engine now. Yeah, but which engine? Unreal. Is it built into Unreal now? I think so. Let me let me check the engine from uh, Metro Exodus. Yes, uh, do that. Because if it is, then um, you know I'm surprised we've. Oh, not... oh no! It's um, it's Metro's own engine, right? Four A engine. So I imagine once once it gets put into like say Unreal Engine, yeah, then yeah, we'll be giggling. Yeah, this is like we're gonna have to wait to see whether uh, Sony are going to do something like that. Although because they now are more heavily invested in Epic Games, I'm surprised that Fortnite wasn't the first game to do this. Because Sony yeah. now have a deeper investment into Epic. And mm-hmm. with that, I think they were also there, you know, to support them in court. At this point, you think, well, why why can't... Well, the DualShock does work on Fortnite on the PlayStation. So... Why is it not uh, something available on the PC already? I Me, mean, maybe it is. Mm. But imagine, yeah, like, maybe. if they did that and then Scuff got their act together and started doing DualShock 5 uh, Scuff controllers and then all the pros would just be buying Scuff PS5 controllers, potentially. Yeah. Although pros, yeah. pros maybe wouldn't be buying it for the feedback because, well, the haptic triggers maybe. But maybe not the vibration, but definitely the triggers potentially. Possibly because the 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 way the adaptive triggers work is, I don't think it gives any tactical advantage. It's just more of fuel, and sometimes it can be a, a, a like you press down on the trigger, but it doesn't stop it and make it work. Sometimes on some games you have to really push it down, right? And when you're trying to do like quick reaction times, it kind of just makes you stumble i wonder if mentally. there i wonder if there's any like moments where like let's say it was programmed in fortnite to kind of stop at, before like until the trigger reaches the bottom of the controller it might stop yeah. uh, before that depending on the gun maybe and if it did that it would be worth buying one for because then you've got a faster trigger up time i suppose yeah so we don't. We, we don't know the technical details. We're not. We're not. We're, we're not controller designers. No, but I mean, I've not even. I've not even tried the controller yet. You're the only one who's got one, so I've not had to go on the dual, the DualShock Five yet. Ooh, we're gonna have to change that, aren't we? We are. I don't even know what it feels like. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, speaking of which, by the way, you you can come over now, and we can play on okay. the. We can play on our projector and do some Final Fantasy. You're right. But I don't. I, well, the new Final Fantasy is out next month. Yeah, June but we 6th. could. We could I'm, still... I'm getting it a week after. What the Final Fantasy VII PS5 one, or is it? Yeah, the PS5 one. Ah, yeah, right. Uh, okay, well, we'll sort something out, and then we can have a deeper discussion about it. it yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but that's good news all around, though. More compatibility because it's good for Sony and it's good for PC gamers, casual gamers mm-hmm. as well. Anyway, so. Very, very yeah. good news all around. That was nice. Good one, Lawrence. I, I, I do have uh, more news. Well done, Lawrence. That was a great decision that you made at Sony to do that. It was. Yeah, and what's your next big announcement? What are you going to um, do next? PlayStation 5, for all. Okay. Huzzah. Okay, um, make that happen. Yes. The next, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I'll do my best. I've got Resident Evil news now. Oh, yeah. It's not what you're all expecting. Is it? Or want. Is it speedrunning news? No. God, what what is it then? Dead by Daylight. <laughs> what? Have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. Well, Resident Evil crossovers coming to Dead by Daylight. It won't save them. No, no, it won't. Dead by Daylight. Uh, it includes Nemesis as yep. a new killer character. Uh, you get Leon and Jill as new survivors. And, uh, uh, and it recreates the Raccoon City Police Department map. So Dead by um, Dead by Daylight is that game where it kind of is a crossover of multiplayer horror games, isn't it? Yeah, you've got like all sorts of stuff in there now, including so, like Stranger Things. So this is actually a pretty good idea. Uh, apparently, um, when you're playing on the map, yeah, survivors can get infected by the T virus. Whoa. And survivors infected by the T-virus will cough, vomit, and make more noise generally, making them easier to find. This is Nemesis's new skill, apparently. Oh. Uh, 
and when there are infected survivors on the map, Nemesis's power grows further. The tentacles get longer and can start to strike through pallets and certain walls. Whoa. Each level has a limited number of antidotes for the survivors to find, but once they're gone, they're gone. That's pretty cool. Ooh. I actually kind of like that a lot. I know I was, I know I was throwing a bit of a bit of horror game shade at Dead by Daylight to begin with here, but I actually think this is a great idea. There's, there's more. There is more. Um, apparently, uh, with the T virus, the final thing with the T virus is those AI zombies. Oh, when the nemesis is the killer, zombies will spawn at random locations around the map and attack players. Obviously, being a zombie, they're not ter- terrifically fast or that hard to handle. But if they grab a survivor and bite, that's a T-virus infection. And subsequent bites will begin to dam- deal damage and further power up Nemesis. Right. That's pretty cool. That sounds really good. Is it a free update or is it a paid expansion? Uh, no, you, you have to pay for the DLC. Right. Do you know how much it is? Or I will, I will take a look now since I am on Steam. Oh, is it out? Uh, uh, I think so. It's Dead by Daylight, so... No, but I mean the no. expansion. Uh, well, it's not. It's a DLC. It's not, not, yeah, okay. Well, it's not uh, really it a franchise out, either, uh, Lawrence. June 15th. June 15th, huh? right. Very good. Nothing, nothing. June 15th, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, so that's actually kind of cool. And I do see people playing it on Twitch. Like, there is a little community for Dead by Daylight, so I'm sure they're all very happy. Well, let's hope so. Chess. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Are we just shouting out random board games now? Checkers. Checkers. Snakes and ladders. Snakes and ladders. Ludo. No, Lawrence. Bomberman. Have you also heard of Bomberman? I have heard of Bomberman, aye. So what do you think a game looks like when you put chess and Bomberman together? Well, lots of pieces going everywhere. Chess explosion is like Bomberman. But with chess pieces, it's chess. But with but oh. the pieces are bombs, and you are a duck. I, I'm sorry. Yes, is I, it, I always knew I was different from everyone else. Yes, there's a new a new game called Chess Explosion. I think it's an indie game. It's going to be on Steam and Itchio in September. Oh yeah. Um, but it's basically is going to be exactly what I just said. Uh, each chess piece bomb explodes in a manner similar to how they'd move. For example, drop a rook and it'll explode in a cross shape, while a bishop explodes outwards diagonally. Things get frantic when you pop multiple pieces down quickly, as you can imagine. Fantastic. You don't sound you don't sound like a chess player yourself, though. I suppose I'm not. Not no, really a chess player. I'm more of a Magic the Gathering player, to be honest. These days, anyway. Jesus. You win one game. You win one game and now you're a Magic the Gathering player. Yeah, uh, well, that's it. I've done my induction now. That's it, isn't it? Won one game, lost 12. Paradox, the uh, game developer, is uh, working on a new strategy game called Victoria 3. Oh, yes, I saw this. Yeah, it's it's, uh, a long line in their franchise of games. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to stop Victoria you there. It's not a franchise of games. It is a, it is a franchise. I'm telling you, it's, it's a franchise. It's not a franchise. It's uh, totally is. You can't tell me otherwise. I'm sorry. Trying to burst your bubble. It's a franchise. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. Carry on with what you were saying. Um, yeah, it's uh, Victoria is part of. This kind of connecting universe they've got going of different strategy games. So you've got Crusader Kings, which is the medieval era. Victoria, which is the Victorian era. No way. And then Hearts of Iron, which is World War Two. And you can start in Crusader Kings. You can like play your save there. And it stops at a certain date. And once you've hit that date, you can take what you've done and bring it over to Victoria. Oh, so and you could continue start, playing there. So you can start at the very bottom... The, or the very start yeah. of the timeline, basically. Do games end when you yeah. reach the end of their eras in in those respective games? Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you, you go through like dates and it stops at a certain date. So I'd say I think it's like um, eighteen sixty six or something like that. That's the end date of CK two or CK three, uh, Crusader Kings, and then Victoria picks up in like nineteen oh four or something like that. Right. 
or some, or some, or just some, some, you know, it's just, I don't know the exact dates, but those are just kind of examples. Uh, and you can just carry on and say from there. And then once you get to the end date of Victoria, you can carry on to Hearts of Iron. So it's, you're going through different eras of history. Right. Okay. So, and, and you've played, you've played these before, haven't you? you played. I've played Crusader Kings and I've played Hearts of Iron. I've not played Victoria. And how, like, I mean, are they just like Civilization in terms of the um, gameplay? Or? They're not, not really, not, not Civilization. Civilization is very, is, um, that's, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the actual terminology in it here. Uh, Civilization is more, uh, tile turn based, where you are just focusing on, like, your little bit of the world and um like literally building your civilization right. with these games you are either in crusader kings you are building your realm so you can you could totally go and divide and conquer if you want or you can be like all sneaky and take over kingdoms that way um and you play through a succession of characters mm-hmm. uh rather than just like one civilization and yeah. you can change the way that your culture is like Oh, uh, okay. And then Heart, Hearts of Iron, you play as a nation in the World War, or just before World War, so you can prepare for either to get involved or not get involved and kind of change the course of history and 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 all sorts. It's pretty cool, actually. It's, it's very, very, very cool for... If you're interested in history, because it does play on that whole aspect. Right. Uh, and you can like turn alternate alternate history. Like for example, when I was playing Hearts of Iron Four, I stopped World War Two before it even happened. Oh, very good. So is that a win? Is that a winning thing then? You stopping the war? Um, it can be. It, there are goals which you can have, like world domination or a diplomacy, like victory, or you can literally make it up in your own head when you want to stop. Yeah. I, I brought back the British Empire. Very good. <laughs> of course you would. Russia you and Germany fell beneath my boot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this is hopefully going to be a nice... Uh, well, I mean, what did they do between one and two? What can they improve between two and three in, in Victoria? Uh, I I, well, I've not, I've not played Victoria or Europa Universalis, which is similar. But what um, kind of changes do they make to these types of games then? massive massive changes they don't like they they don't add a number unless there is massive changes um like with between crusader kings 2 and 3 crusader kings 2 was had uh, i just had pictures which would pop up with menu like uh selection menus now it's all 3d imagery and everything like that so it's there are massive leaps between games graphically technically um just it's still the same game, just better. Okay, nice. Well, we'll look forward to hearing more about Vicky 3 then, I suppose. Vicky 3. Vicky 3. Vicky 3. Three. Lawrence. Vicky bloody 3, yes. I'm here today, I've brought you here. Oh, have you? To talk nice. more about... Yes. The Steam Pal. The, the what? The Steam Pal. The Steam yeah, Pile. Yeah, the Steam Pal. Oh, Steam Pal. The Steam Pal. The hell's a Steam Pal? Valve is making oh, a Switch-like God. portable gaming PC, Lawrence. And I think we need to go have a word with Gabe. And it's currently supposedly called the Steam Pal. Um, this was... Uh, confirmed by Ars Technica, um, saying that that there is the existence of a portable Valve piece of hardware. Um, right. They said, um, multiple sources familiar with the matter say that the device exists and that it has been mm-hmm. in development for some time. This lends further credence to the leaks that first appeared on Steam DB, wherever Steam, wherever Steam DB is, Steam Database. Um, this uh-huh. was related to a tweet um, saying that Valve is possibly working on a handheld Steam console called Steam Pal, code name Neptune. Beta client update added plenty of references, including controller bindings, new UI strings, such as quick access menu, system settings, airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and a power menu. So. 
What do you think, Lawrence, about a Steam Pal? Depends. On? I think it can go do one. Really? To be quite frank, yeah. Why? Not interested. Well, there's these magical things called laptops, funnily enough. Well, there's also... They're quite portable. Well, but so are the Nintendo Switches. Let me put it to you this way, right? You haven't got that much money to buy a big laptop with enough power for your games. But Valve could maybe offer a stripped or lower graphical quality versions of your same library on the go in a portable fashion for taking with you. You don't think that's a good idea? No. Why? I just I just don't. I think we've got too many portable stuff. Do we? I mean we have Yeah, like we've got we've got phones. We've got phones. Yeah. We've got the we've Switch. Got, we've got the uh, Nvidia we've got GeForce Now, we've got PlayStation Now, we've got Xbox um uh, uh, X Cloud project. Yes. Like, but you're talking you're talking about not just a, a, a piece of hardware. It's probably not for me. Let, let's put it that way. Yeah, you you seem to be thinking that this I'm includes, includes things like uh, online streaming services, but this is not a streaming console by the sound of it. This is a this is a Nintendo Switch like, but for your Steam games, right? Is, okay. So instead of being mm. like like, imagine you could be on an airplane in airplane mode, but you've downloaded onto your Steam Pal a game from your Steam library that you're going to play while on the plane or something right yeah it's called my laptop but yeah but not all laptops first of all (laughs) are going to you know a short flight it's not a good idea second of all power third of all the price of buying yourself a laptop that powerful just to play games on or you know as well as or to have out on the seat with you whereas instead you could pull out something really small that you've got in your just in your backpack on the go backpack or something Mm. and instead it's got you know, it's a very compact thing. You can just kind of have. You don't. You don't think that there is a a category there that's separate from the laptop, is what you're saying? I I don't know because it's like a lot of games will require mouse movement, and how do you put that in a handheld? And how would it feel? And there's a, there's a lot of things which can go wrong. Personally. You know, I do agree on that. that There is difficulty there with the controller part of it. But we've also had, you know, Valve's controller, the Steam controller, which had kind of some sort of mouse-type integration. And I didn't get get that controller, so I didn't know how well it worked. But I do see what you're saying. But just for the games that maybe would have good controller support, you know, maybe that... Because at the, mo- at the moment, I will take my Switch with me on the plane and yeah. I will play that instead of pulling out my MacBook to play a game on. Which is not because it's a MacBook. I'll just it point is, that totally No, it's, it's it not. It totally is because it's, it's a MacBook. Not, it's because, like, if I'm, if I'm on an EasyJet flight and my, back, my MacBook has, uh, is in a sleeve, in the backpack, kind of tucked in there, nice and tidy... I'm going to have to pull everything out of my bag to take my laptop out and put it all back in again. The Switch is in its mm. little tiny carry case. It just sat on the top of my backpack ready to go for when I'm sat down. It's just, I guess it's just a convenience thing for me. I mean, that's the only reason I can see it working. People love, people love like portable stuff like that. And if they can just grab it and run around with it. Yeah, and... but, but the thing is, if it's got good controller support, it's probably on the Switch. This is this is also very true. You've also got the Nintendo Switch market, which already is allowing a lot more third-party games. Like you know, Hades was a good example of that. You can get Hades yeah. on the Switch. It, it just feels like there's no point. It's like an, it's another Steam link. You're gonna get it and then not use it because you've got the Switch. Yeah, unless it's got more power than the Switch and it replaces the Switch almost like a Switch Pro. But then you've got the Switch Pro coming out. Well, we don't even know that exists yet. I mean, they've pretty much confirmed it now. I think Nintendo obviously have got what they're doing in the back, but for everything else, there's MasterCard. Wow, that marketing campaign worked real well. Oof. We are loaded right now. <laughs> um, for everything else, really though, not. maybe this. I mean, I agree with you that it's not perfect. But if they can provide 
non-Nintendo players with a way to play their Steam games or compatible Steam games for a lower price than buying a laptop and keep it portable, it might be a good idea. I just think it's another studio... Uh, Stadia going uh, waiting to happen, but but again, you've brought up a service, not necessarily, um, you know. Well, not, not, I, I, I don't mean the Stadia service. I mean the actual Stadia gear, like the thing you needed for it. Yeah, but I, it, I, I don't think anyone will use it. Like the market's pretty much taken up by Nintendo. Good luck. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Good luck. Well, you know, you've got an Xbox and you've got a PlayStation, and you might say, well, you know good luck to one of them but they both coexist and competition in that space is healthy for the consumer so Mm, maybe having having competition for the switch might make the switch better and then the steam uh whatever it is steam pal better as well maybe Mm. we're going to get something even if you are a fan of just nintendo you're not really asked about this steam pal thing it would be good for nintendo to have healthy competition in this space you don't have to buy it i'm just uh i think i agree that there's a lot of niggledy bits that you're you've brought up there that i didn't think about like the controller and i think that's going to cause you know a big a big issue but but that's why i think maybe Maybe the library gets updated to have, you know, a new tag that's kind of like Steam Pal compatible or something. Mm. And, you know, there'll be a lot like Dota. You probably can't play Dota on a Steam Pal. Uh, just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, you know, unless the controller's absolutely banging and, uh, you know, is actually really good. But I, there's too many what, keys. What if, what if they, um, what if they bring in motion controls? Oh, like a gyroscope. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be incredible. Right, Lawrence, that was good. I'm glad we had this discussion. Thank you for your insight, as always. It's all right. Um, I'm here every week. I should hope so. <laughs> I want to know from our listeners at home what they think about the new Steam Pal rumored and semi rumor confirmed by multiple sources. What they think about this? Do they think it's do you think it's going to take over from the Switch? Do you think it's got the potential to? Do you think it's healthy? Do you think it's a bad idea? Are you are you a mobile handheld gamer? Let us know at GetRealPod on all socials and GetRealGaming at gmail.com. You can send us an email as well there. Thank you very much last week to all the listeners. We had our record listening week last week, so we appreciate that very much. We will be back again next Wednesday. And until then, bye-bye for now. You'd be able to say PC Master Race if you had a Steam Pal instead of a Nintendo Switch while you were out and about, Lawrence. Yeah, but I don't want to say that. Well, people can see me because then they can hurt me.